Welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I am so excited to bring to you guys another one of our two-to-one conference friends. Like, we just meet the coolest people over on that network. So, hey, moms, if you're a blogger, join the two-to-one network. It is well worth all the friends you make over there. So anyway, this is Amy Sloan, and Amy is a second-generation homeschooler. So for those of us who have homeschooled a long time, this means a lot. So Amy, say hi to everyone and tell us about your homeschool journey. Vicki, thank you so much for having me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. As you mentioned, I'm a second generation homeschool mom of five. So my kids right now range in age from six to 16. Mm. And my husband is also a second generation homeschooler. Oh my so goodness. yeah, he yeah. was homeschooled through seventh grade and then went to public school eight through 12th. And even before we got married, we um, had talked about, you know, future education for any children the Lord would give us. And um, both had had a really positive homeschool experience and mm. knew that was what we wanted to do with our own kids. And so started, you know, right away, all the enthusiasm with our, with our firstborn. And um, it's definitely been a fun adventure. That is just the coolest thing. Okay. So for us old homeschool moms, what did you like about homeschooling enough that you decided to homeschool your own kids? Well, I love so much about homeschooling, um, mm. but I think I love the freedom and flexibility that came mm. with homeschooling, the ability to learn at your own pace, the ability to fill our homeschool time, our education with real books and not just textbooks that we weren't focused on regurgitating information for a test or a worksheet, but really understanding the ideas. Yeah. So yeah, yes. I like to say my mom was like classical before it was cool because <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you think about a lot of those ideas, focusing on wisdom, focusing mm -hmm. on, um, you know, the great works of, of literature and history throughout time, um, a lot of the focus on relationship, a lot of those things, she was doing it before it was cool. Yeah, that's it. Because she was doing it in a way that was right for your family. Yeah. And so she took her interest in your interests and made a classical education. And that's just beautiful. And so that segued then into your, you married a homeschooler and you're having your own kids and you decide to homeschool and to help other moms along. So tell us a little bit about your, your podcast and your website. Yes. Yeah, so kind of out of the blue, I had always said I would never start a blog, but <laughs> a few years ago, um, I ended up just starting one and I, I sort of chose as the name of my site, humility and doxology. And um, so it's at humility and doxology.com because for years, that's really what I had told my kids was my goal for education um. that I wanted what we were doing as a family, um, to lead us always to a lower view of ourselves mm -hmm. and to worship and wonder. And so I really see that as the end of education. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started writing there and then a kind of a dream came true last year. I started another kind of like, Hey, let me just do this thing. I started a <laughs> podcast. I have been a fan of podcasts for mm. I'm, over a decade. And, um, so I started the homeschool conversations podcast and have gotten to just interview some amazing 
helping men and women, homeschool moms and dads and other mm -hmm. educators on all sorts of topics. So it has been so much fun. It's really just an excuse. So I get to talk to cool people. I know. Well, that's the fun part about doing a podcast is we get the coolest people we get to talk to. So, so we'll put links to all of those things in the show notes, but Great. we had a topic we wanted to talk about today. Now you've got a high schooler and you've got littles. And so you've got a whole like five kids. You got a lot of kids with different ages. And so we were talking about how to include the teens in on the uh, the educational process, like family time. So, so tell us a little bit about what you had in mind today. Yeah. So this was really important to me that with a family that spreads, you know, 10, 10 years between mm -hmm. my oldest and youngest, um, and then, you know, three in the middle too. <laughs> yeah. um, it was really important to me that we not be disjointed, that we really mm -hmm. have some common shared memories, a shared family culture, sort of those inside family jokes mm -hmm. um, that come from mm -hmm. the things you watch and listen and know and read. Yes. And um, when they were all younger, you know, of course, we're doing a lot of things together, a lot of, you know, multi-grade kind of education. And then as my older kids, you know, entered the teen years, starting to outsource a lot more of their classes, yes. they have a lot more responsibilities, jobs, volunteering, all those mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And so by necessity, a lot of the stuff that they're doing takes them away from the younger kids, which is right. as it should be. They're yes. growing up and they're becoming um, their own unique people. But it was important to me that we not lose that same mm -hmm. family relationship culture time. I still yeah. want my 16-year-old and my six-year-old to have those memories, you know, before my big kids leave home. Yeah. Yes. It, but you know what, in the, in the family identity and also the formation of the littles, to have the older siblings as part of the, the, the experience together is so, so valuable. So I'm glad exactly, you were thinking yeah. on it. Yeah. So we've been doing morning time for, for many, many years and, and people call it morning time, circle time, morning basket, you know, all the different terms, but um, we focus on, you know, reading aloud, beautiful poetry, historic mm -hmm. speeches, mm -hmm. praying together, scripture memory and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I just have sort of kept that as a bit of a non-negotiable, even with mm -hmm. my teens, while also trying to be mindful of their own needs and um, desires. Yes, very good. Well, and, and so, yeah, nobody outgrows read alouds. Nobody out, you just don't. I, you know, one of the things I appreciated about my kids when they were grown um, and off at college and doing their own things, if they got back together, sometimes they would sit out on the porch, my grown kids with their little brother and uh, and read stories to each other and whatever they were interested in at the time. And so I think that came from a tradition of family read alouds. And so you guys have had that all along and intentionally, even though teens could do their algebra and their calculus and all, you're, you're pulling them in for this intentional time together. Yes. And, you know, I try to remember that they have a lot of responsibilities as well and not to frustrate them. I mm -hmm. think that would have led to failure. So yes. I yes. think two things I've done to try to adjust with the teen schedule. One is to not require them to necessarily be there the whole time. Mm -hmm. So we have about like 30 to 45 minutes that we mm -hmm. all do together. Uh -huh. And then there may be things I continue to do with the younger three, but the older kids are, you know, excused to go do their work. Mm -hmm. Although they're welcome to stay, of course, yeah. if they wish. 
And then, although I did say it's non-negotiable, every once in a while you have that day where someone just really doesn't want to come. Yes. And as long as that doesn't become a pattern mm-hmm. um, or a long-term issue, I try to let that go. Mm-hmm. I think they need to have that freedom especially mm-hmm. as they're getting older to just be like, I just can't today and that be okay. Cause it's supposed to be a joyful time. I don't right. need a grumpy person there anyway. Yeah. Well, you know what I appreciate about that is you were talking about one of your family goals is for the, the children to co- co- um, cultivate humility and doxology. And you know, the, the role modeling of a mom being humble enough to allow a teen to have a bad day or a time they need it off but that's not a lifestyle. It's just a day of grace. Like that's such great role modeling for the teens, but also for the youngers. That's a good job. That's well, the Lord's grace has been so shown so mightily to me that I'm, I'm trying to show that more to my children. I think yes. I'm better at that, honestly, now than I was when they were younger. Well, we all learn a lot as we parent, that's for sure. Yeah. And okay. So give some examples of some of the things that you guys do together with the youngers and the teens. Okay. So one of the things we love to do is memorize longer passages of scripture, like a mm. chapter or two. Mm. And I have found that actually dividing it up a couple verses at a time and alternating, like I will do bold print and light print. On, uh-huh. a, on a piece of paper. Uh-huh. And then we recite it responsively to one another. So uh-huh. I might read the light print, they read the dark print. And that has actually been a really great way for us to learn lengthier passages of scripture. Um, another thing we love to include is Shakespeare memory work. And we get all enthusiastic and goofy in the living room with that beautiful poetry. And All right. So give me some examples of some scripture passages you guys have memorized. Okay. So um, right now we're actually working on something a little different, but we're working through the book of Romans. So I decided I was like, well, I can't actually expect us to memorize the entire book of Romans. (laughs) That would be cool, but maybe not for me. Um, So instead what I did is I, I took about like two to six verses per chapter, kind of found like the key thought of each Mm -hmm. chapter Mm -hmm. and uh, put them all out. So it's about five typewritten pages. So it's not short, Uh Um, but we're working through that. So we're kind of getting the the flow of the whole book of Romans. And that's Mm -hmm. been really fun. That's our summer memory work. Um, we've also worked on um, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. We've done several Psalms, Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. you know, passages like that. Well, that you know, and what a gift that they can go through life now and they have those things embedded in their consciousness and their hearts. So that's wonderful. How about what are some favorite Shakespeare passages or, or sonnets or what have you memorized? Well, one of our favorites is, well, I guess one favorite is a, as a comedy is Much Ado About Nothing. Oh my and goodness, yes. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Um, it can be hard sometimes with Shakespeare films. They're not always appropriate for the yeah. younger children. Mm-hmm. So I've created a kind of curated playlist on my YouTube channel uh. so I can show the kids clips that are age appropriate uh, from the things we're memorizing and uh, much ado about nothing is definitely one of their favorites. Well, I, I should find your YouTube channel and put that in the show notes too then. Yeah. And then Julius Caesar, we love the Mark Antony's funeral oration. Um, Even my little six-year-old will get all enthusiastic about that in the living room. So uh, that's always fun. Okay. So now how serious do you guys do the funeral oration? 
Oh, we are very melodramatic. I don't know where the kids get that from, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So we don't take ourselves too seriously or Shakespeare too seriously. Mm -hmm. And we just get goofy with him. And I think that's made it a lot more fun and Mm -hmm. interesting to everybody. Well, and I think we learn better when we laugh. So that's great. Yeah. Okay. So what else do you do in your morning together time? Um, We also, this year, a new thing has been World Watch News, which Mm -hmm. is a 10 minute video news program for uh, teens and tweens um, put out by World Magazine or Mm -hmm. um, the same folks who do World Magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's been fun. Uh, We read scripture together. We pray. uh, We do our poetry or Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, And then... Now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, we read aloud together. I don't know. That sounds about. Yeah, that sounds have, about like it. Books, like book series or favorite books that you read aloud together. It depends. We change mm-hmm. things up about every mm-hmm. month or two. You know, as mm-hmm. we as we go through. When they were all younger, that was generally when I did our history reading. Oh yeah, kind of our spine together. Yes. Um. Now I generally save that for later, and I do that just with the younger three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do something kind of random and fun in oh. with everybody. So uh-huh. we were recently reading. I guess most recently we did some King Arthur stories. Oh, uh, we do fairy tales sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes something more serious. We did some of Fox's Book of Martyrs. Um, uh uh-huh. Yes. So a real good variety. Just whatever we feel like reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. Do the kids ever ask for anything to, you know, like, let's read that one again. Like a year later, they say, hey, that was good. Can we do that one again? Not so much in morning time. We Mm -hmm. definitely do reread things. And because we kind of cycle through history every few years, Uh we're always coming back to those favorites. Yeah. And I'm finding sometimes with my youngest kids, I'll be like, and we read, you know, the door in the wall or whatever. And we like, mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Yes. So back and make sure I read it with the younger ones. Yeah, that it was so funny when uh, our youngest ones and our seven sisters were coming along and we would be talking with the older kids about a book we all read together and they go like, what? And we go, oh yeah, we got to do that. So yeah, wonderful. Okay, so what kind of... Um, like buy-in do you need to do to, I mean, like teenagers love, they love their families, but they also need some independence. Like, is there a special way you guys communicate about the family time? Hmm. I think that one helpful thing has been that this has not been a new tradition that I just Mm -hmm. popped into my 15 year old's life and was like, Hey, guess what you get to do tomorrow with your younger siblings. So that has definitely made it easier. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just part of it is just sort of the the relationship as a whole, not necessarily specific to the morning time tradition. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep communication open when people are stressed, like I mentioned, if they need a day mm-hmm. off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that has been the most important part. But I would say that really, at least in my personal experience, because it's not a new tradition, that mm-hmm. has not been a personal issue. I think if you were going to be starting this new and you had teens you would want to have a different set of conversations, pick mm-hmm. a poem or a historic speech that they're interested in, mm-hmm. you know, really talk to them more and find out something that they'll be excited about as well as something mom will be excited about and kind of have a little bit more give and take there. If you're trying to start a new tradition. Yeah. It <clears throat> takes a little more buy-in when mm-hmm. you've got a new tradition, but it's good to start new traditions too. So yeah, everybody's different and times are different at different seasons. So Yeah. 
Do you have any advice, you know, as you've seen your kids grow up, but also as you went through the homeschooling high school process yourself, do you have any advice for moms who have their high schoolers, you know, they're, or they've got an eighth grader getting ready to go into high school? Where There's some things that, that you would say, hey, I really recommend you thinking about this. Yes. Well, I would always give the caveat when I'm speaking as a mom, mm-hmm. you know, I have a rising junior and a rising freshman. Mm-hmm. So I would never want to put myself as an expert on high school. You mm-hmm. know, we'll wait and see how things turn out. But speaking from my own experience and then what I'm trying to do with our teens mm-hmm. is really make sure that they read widely. Mm-hmm. and read deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is something that was so pivotal in my own education. It certainly formed the way I think mm-hmm. about the world. And mm-hmm. that's been a real priority um, for my own students that I, I've tried to make sure they have plenty of time and um, and the assignments too, to, to read. And that's uh-huh. gone into the, the classes we've chosen to outsource and things like that. What kind of classes have you found are good to outsource for your particular teens? So my teens have enjoyed a great books and writing class with a woman named Kristen Rudd. Mm -hmm. I actually interviewed her on my podcast Uh and she has been an enthusiastic and inspirational teacher. Mm -hmm. And my son has taken chemistry from Dr. Kristen Moon. I believe she has been a previous podcast guest of you. Yes, Yes, Uh she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And one of my, uh, my daughters really enjoyed Mr. D math online. Uh Mm -hmm. Another big fan. He was on my podcast too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those have been some that we have especially really enjoyed outsourcing. And then my, my son actually started this year, some dual enrollment classes as well. So oh. he's doing that. Now, does he have an idea of what he wants to do when he graduates? Uh, he has some ideas, but he has not made any firm plans yet. He's too young for that. Then that's I've fine. told him that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's been very diligent. Yeah. yeah. So will he go and do dual enrollment like core courses, getting those out of the way or elective kind of things? So in our state of North Carolina, or at least in our county, there's a very specific list of courses that you have to follow as a dual enrollment mm-hmm. student before oh. you're allowed to kind of deviate from the uh, path. Uh-huh. So he's working through a lot of those and he's clapped out of some of them as well. And he's done some clip too. So, yeah. So even though you guys are taking a chunk of time each morning together as a family, he's not being shorted time to take outside classes and do his own work at home and to add some dual enrollment. Like he's not being cheated out of anything in his education by giving him this richness of experience and thinking and and family togetherness. And on the contrary, I think that being exposed to the wide array of Mm -hmm. poetry and ideas um, Mm -hmm. and even having to listen to those little people who are not Mm -hmm. always easy to to be around, I think that actually makes you a better and a wiser and a more mature teen. I absolutely agree. That's beautiful. All right. So tell us some more about your website and, you know, what people can find there and then, um, We'll make sure we have links in the show notes, but I think you even had a freebie that folks can get there too. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So if you go to humilityanddoxology.com, up at the top of the page, you can kind of, it links out to some of my things. And one of them is the year of memory work. 
And that is a free year, uh, 52 videos of recitations and printables, just some of our favorites. Um, I also have other poetry principle memory work things. I think mm. I sent that to you that are, mm. are free and mm. a list of 100 of our favorite poems or uh, that would make great uh, memory work for a range of ages. Mm. And then the Homeschool Conversations podcast is uh, wrapping up the end of season three and we'll return in August for season four and already have like I don't know, almost 70 interviews. So plenty Lovely. of uh, professional development that if you want to go back yeah. and binge listen. Yeah. Well, and I think for us homeschool moms, it's so good to hear other encouraging people. And so I'm glad that you have the podcast there for folks to connect with. So this is just lovely. And it is just so heartwarming for folks like me who've been around for a long time to see our next generation and the beauty of what you have intentionally created in your family. And then your kids then can go into adulthood very well prepared and, and with that humility and wonder and love of God that you've invested in them. So how nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Vicki. And yeah. God, is, God is faithful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and do look for the show notes and I mean, poetry is my favorite thing. So I am going over there and go download it for me. Um, anyway, <laughs> check out the work there at Humility and Doxology. And thank you so much, Amy, for being here today. Thank you. This, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.